of the living geek. Moshi Moshi, everyone, and welcome to episode 22 of Super Sugoi Cast. I'm Justin. And I'm Alex. So this week, we continued watching Food Wars, Shokugeki no Soma. Shokugeki! I don't think that's how it goes. No, but if we had a, Our own. If we had a kitchen stadium, that's what I would yell every time. What's, what do they say in the kitchen stadium? LA Cuisine. That's but right. But he goes, that's, that's, LA Cuisine! That's like French, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. Alright, so we watched episodes 7 through 12 of 24. Do I get bonus points for knowing that he yells out a la cuisine no, it would come to Iron me, Chef? So, it would have come to me sooner or later. <laughs> I mean, like I said, we watched 7 through 12 of 24. It's on Crunchyroll, Hulu, and Anime Planet. Just to kind of refresh everybody on what the plot is, it's about Yukihira Soma, who was a chef with his dad at their own little diner, and his dad decided to close shop and send his son to an elite culinary school to hone his new skills and maybe find people who are as strong as him, if not better, to make him compete with himself to be better, be a better chef. Be better. Be better. <laughs> be a better chef, because the thing is, he was never better than his dad, and this is his dad's way of helping him maybe surpass his skills. But in a very cryptic way, because yeah, he, he like, didn't tell him that he wanted him to take over, mm-hmm. and he didn't tell him that he wanted him to continue in culinary ways, Yeah. or anything. He was just like, here, go do this. Yeah, he's basically like, on the phone, hey, son, um, we're closing the diner. I'm leaving to go cook around the world again. Peace. So now Soma's at this amazing high school. We kind of get to see the very first Shokugeki with Yukihira. Or is it more so Soma than Yukihira? Depends. I mean, if you're Japanese, then you'd want to call him by his last name. So he'd be Yukihira. But since we're American, we would call him Soma. So we left off with Soma going into his first Shokugeki against Mito Ikumi. Who's a master butcher mistress. Basically, (laughs) yeah. And he's doing it to not only save his school life but also to save the dawn club i thought it was an interesting battle because she's using high grade meat because she comes from like a really wealthy like butcher family and he decided to use low grade meat that was on sale from the grocery market down the street to prove a point that you can cook really delicious food and it doesn't matter the quality of the meat also because that's kind of the point of donburis in the first place they're supposed to be like cheap and quick easy meals that you know, don't cost a lot and that are easy to prepare. So it's diner food. That's basically why he took it, because he's a diner kid. So he, it fit right in with him. I didn't know that's what a don was meant to be. I assumed just a don was a specific type of dish. I didn't know it was meant to be a quick, cheap thing. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's meat. It's some sort of protein over rice, basically. That's all it is. I, I mean, see. you can even have, like, fried vegetables over rice, and it, it'll still be a don. So but... I make a lot of dons here. Yes. A lot of the week, yeah, I like to do a lot of steak They're and just not in chicken bowls. on rice. Oh, I'm going to transfer it to a bowl now because I'm going to make my own Dons and have it be official. You can be the Don of Dons. I could be the Don of Dons because I'm cheap <laughs> and I buy regular food from the store and cook it. We're not going to tell you guys who won, but I mean, you could probably figure out who won because if he gets expelled, the show wouldn't continue past episode seven. So let's just leave it off with that. So it's a big mystery. <laughs> it's a big mystery, you guys. <laughs> Spoiler, <laughs> the show continues. <laughs> Jeez. So... After the Sokugeki, he ends up winning, proving that you can win with just basic ingredients, cheap level stuff, and... 
It took course, her down a peg, basically. A little bit, yeah. Because she was using, like, the highest thing, which is A5, mm-hmm. and everybody thought that she was going to win because of that advantage that she had, but she didn't. So she ended up having to join the Dawn Club. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. It also kind of hurt her pride a little bit because she was in tight with Irina, who's, like, the number one of the Elite Ten at the school. She's the granddaughter of the guy who runs the school. She is, and she has this amazing power of her tongue. They call her the God Tongue because Mm -hmm. she, her palate is just, like, crazy. Yeah, Yeah. she can sense and taste everything, and it's ridiculous. Yeah. And then, of course, this wouldn't be a normal anime if we didn't have the training camp that every anime seems to have when it comes down to some form of battle or getting better. Or just being in high school. Yeah. They always have a training camp in high school. Did Naruto have a high school? No. Nor did One Piece, but they all had training things. They have training, but they don't have training camps. No. Yeah, they don't train in camps. They just go training. I guess they're just going for the obligatory (laughs) training, not necessarily that it was a training camp. Pretty much, yeah. They just, it's just their, their montage of getting stronger, basically. Yeah. But with this training camp arc, they started turning it into what we were looking for in the first place out of this show, and it's more like um, Iron Chef, basically. Every time, every day in this training camp, they have a cooking challenge, and it's like some crazy intense cooking challenge, Mm -hmm. and tons of people get eliminated, and well, here, if you get eliminated, you get expelled, so like half the students are gotten rid of already, and they're trying to stay to that way they can graduate and become stronger in the class. Yeah, they already get rid of one person, like instantly, they go in for the... Not announcement. What's what's it called? Orientation. The, the orientation. They go in for the orientation, and instantly one guy is like eliminated right off the bat because they call it these like elite chefs who had graduated from the school. And one guy like smells his hair product and it has like a scent, and he's like, "You're gone because you should realize this scented shampoo is going to affect your food's taste." And he should have realized that. Yeah. So like instantly, like it doesn't matter what the chefs say. If, if they don't like you for whatever reason, you're gone. They don't need to have a reason to get rid of you, basically. And they're just trying to call the herd. So, like, on day one, they end up doing their very first class, and they have to make some form of a dish, but they have to go find their own product on the land at this really, really nice hotel. They can use anything and everything they want, but they have to find it. Eggs, chicken, fish, it doesn't matter. They had to go hunt their product. I think it also had to be some sort of Japanese food, too. Like, it had to be found in a traditional Japanese restaurant. That's right, because that that one guy did like a French cuisine, but he put it into a Japanese twist. Mm -hmm. You're right, so it did have to be a Japanese dish, and of course, everybody decided to do a fish dish. I think they only had two hours or three hours to get it done. Another challenge they end up doing with another chef is creating a vegetable medley type dish, but it has to hit a specific way. You have to follow the recipe to a T. There can't be any color variations, taste differences, or anything like that. And that's where we really run into our first conflict right. of the training camp. That guy was setting them up to fail, though, with that. Because he didn't have enough ingredients for everybody in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so when Soma's partner, Megumi... Well, they're not really partners, but they were partners in the first place. And they weren't allowed to help each other with this one. She was trying to keep the bad ingredients from being bad and making them taste good again and look good again. She ended up using vinegar... And she was disqualified, basically, because of it. And Soma didn't like that. He basically challenged the chef, like, saying, you left her with bad product, the cauliflower was orange or yellowish, and it was it was going bad. So she did the correct move to make the dish look the way it's supposed to. It was wrong of the chef to not even give everybody a fair chance. So he ended up challenging him to a shokugeki. It was unofficial, but they still did it. Soma thought that he was going to be cooking. But they were like, no, because this isn't your fight. It's to keep Megumi from being expelled, so Mm -hmm. she's the one that has to be cooking. But you can be her sous chef. 
So they ended up doing that, and it was a really close tie. At first, everybody went with the um, they went with the alumni who was their teacher at this point. Then they convinced the other people to vote for her to just give her acknowledgement, and it ended up ending in a tie. So she was able to stay, but Soma was like, "Well, it's not a real win." So he was upset about that. What I really liked about that battle, I guess, is all the alumni were there, and the main person that even made this Shokugeki even a thing was the guy who ran the hotel. Uh, his name's not coming to me, but he seems to be like probably the number one out of all of these people. He's their senpai in a sense. And he did it not only to help these kids grow and learn, but he also did it for the chef that was in the battle, the teacher, because he was also very stagnant at this point in time too. So... It's really cool to see the show evolve, and I'm curious to see if we're going to see a lot more of these chefs throughout more than just this training camp. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that, because they ended up doing a spin-off manga that focuses on that particular chef, the one that gave the challenge to Megumi and Soma for the vegetable medley, or mm -hmm. the vegetable thingamabob, or The guy that, that like, is a Japanese student who went to France? That yeah. guy? Okay. Yeah, that guy. They ended up doing their own line of mangas for him in oh. particular. So I don't know how long it was because I didn't really look into it, but mm -hmm. I know that they did have a spin-off series focused on him. That's cool. I didn't know they decided to do a spin-off manga. Maybe they'll do an anime on him too alone. That'd be kind of neat. For me, it was kind of interesting to see that, that like, okay, it was a cop-out in a way because we've always seen Soma succeed mm -hmm. in, in everything that he does. He's amazing. Like, yeah, we get it. Yeah. But with this one... Yes, they technically lost in a tie. Mm -hmm. So in a way, it was showing that he's not invincible. But then again, he also wasn't the one that was cooking. Yeah, I agree with you. It was it was a pretty big cop-out. I think the show should have just had him lose, but not had it be an expulsion-esque type thing. Like, he was there to support her. She loses. She's gone. But he can stay because he was just there to support her decision. So they, they left him as being a superhero, basically. Mm -hmm. Invulnerable and always going to win. Although, it, like, in a way, it was them kind of showing that he's not perfect because he realizes that he has a lot of work to do before he can call out one of the Elite Ten and try to take their spots. Yeah, he realizes he needs to be better because he should have been able to carry Megumi through being a sous chef, even if he wasn't the one cooking the real food. I find it kind of interesting, too, that we watched six episodes of this, and it didn't seem like a whole lot happened. You know, there was only like three big plot points mm -hmm. in six episodes. Whereas we watch other shows, and in six episodes, a lot of stuff happens. Yeah. They don't necessarily do a really good job at, like, showing you lengths of time that have passed. Like, for all we know, this has all happened in four days since he's become to the Academy. But for all yeah. we know, it could be four months. That's true. He could have been taking all these classes, kept passing, and he's only had these few shokugekis happen in that time frame. We don't know. I did find an interesting note, though. From, according to the, the mangas, well, the info I found, when you're looking at the mangas from chapter 5, which I think is episode 6 or episode 7 or something like that. Okay. Um, from then onwards, the recipes were actually provided by a real chef. So they're oh. real recipes and, you know, they're legitimate foods. It's not just like, oh, well, we could do something like this and just completely made up. You know, they actually did their homework and they talked to, the person's name is Yuki Morisaki. And she's also a model, so... And that works out, because you can make sure you diet the right way and cook your own food. She ended up writing a cookbook for Food Wars called the Totsuki Academy Challenge Plate Shokugeki no Soma Official Recipe Book. There's 27 recipes, half from the anime manga, and then 
half that are actually inspired by the characters i'm interested to see this cookbook and see like what recipes or what for what kind of like character they yeah. are yeah i i tried looking for it to see mm-hmm. if we could find a link like on amazon or something like that but they don't have it what they do have though is somebody ended up taking all the recipes and uploading them onto the shokugeki no soma wikipedia oh so if you go there we'll put a link there is actually all the recipes right there or i think 90 percent of them that's really cool so if you want to try to cook some of these things you can the only thing about it though is that when i was looking at them they're not super precise Mm. so i mean you do kind of have to figure it out a little bit or like feel your way through it but the majority of instructions are there i think it's more so like if you have experience cooking you'll be fine but if it's somebody like me or you who's just kind of looking at it and going well how long do we cook it for what what exact temperature do we need it for you know what yeah. I mean? we might be a little bit lost probably season two starts this july which it does i'm probably gonna keep watching this show and get to the point of being able to watch season two because it, it went from being an overly sexualized show to now it's only semi-sexualized and only semi-fan service it's a lot more entertaining and a less tentacle-esque <laughs> edgy type stuff yeah I agree with you, and I'm probably... I'll finish watching it so I can write a blog for our Facebook page, Mm. and then we'll be able to watch season two later, because I find that this show is a lot of fun, too. It's very entertaining, and you can't take it too seriously, but like I said, at the same time, I love watching all of these food challenges, Mm -hmm. because I, you know, I don't know. As you can tell, I have an obsession with Iron Chef, apparently, so I don't mind it. Yeah, we a lot of food shows. We watch, like, (laughs) Food Truck Wars, Iron Chef America, and Iron Chef Japan, Food Network Star. Yeah. Like, if if it's on Netflix, we watch it. Lots of competition shows. Yeah. That's very true. We always, like, watch, like, the the Chef Junior shows or whatever the heck it's called. Yeah, Master Chef and Master Chef Junior. Yep, and then there's always uh, Hell's Kitchen. Yes, and Dinner Impossible. Yep, Restaurant Impossible. And the Great Baking too Big many shows and, yeah you know there's like there's a ton of these things we love to watch cooking shows people. <laughs> i think it's because we can't cook very well I so can we cook kind pretty of good. Get out of here. live vicariously through them <laughs> hate all my cooking and stuff um this is an interesting note there's a mobile game based on this show there is it's called the ultimate recipe well chokugeki no soma the ultimate recipe mm-hmm. it came out last year in last august it's a rhythm game where you face off against other chefs it's all in Japanese, so okay. if you're going to download it, be prepared that it is in Japanese. But when I was looking at it, it's very slow. It like it doesn't seem super fun, and when you're doing the rhythms, an animation pops up of your hand and you're like chopping different things and whatever, and you go through the song, mm-hmm. and when you're done, you have your plate. And depending on how many mistakes or whatever you had in the rhythm part mm-hmm. of your thing, you win if you go up against another competitor or not. And you just oh. cycle through like eight different characters That's or whatever. That's really cool. So you're like, you're basically building a dish by hitting the rhythm of the beat or whatever. Yeah. That's like, awesome. If I did play it, I, it wouldn't last very long for me. I can tell. Again, this is like, we've been finding a lot of animes recently that have games based off of them too. And there's also a 3DS game, The Dish of Friendship and Bonds. It came out last winter. This one isn't a rhythm game, but it's a visual novel. It's a brand new story that takes place in Europe with all of the original characters and some new characters, I think. Um, I didn't look into what exactly happens 
but in being a visual novel, it's mostly text, and you see the characters doing something every once in a while. Okay. They do have all of the foodgasm stuff, and they have shokugekis and things like that. So, so I imagine maybe it's probably like your decisions are what would change the story going from one way yes. to another. Like one of those books where what your decision is goes to page 32 or page like 16. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you can do it again and have different outcomes and do different things with different characters and etc. Okay, that's really cool. Our second anime we watched was we watched Puella Maji Madoka Magica. Holy <laughs> it's shit. It's kind of a mouthful. That is a lot of a mouthful. <laughs> it's uh, We watched episodes 1 through 6 of 12, so it's actually a perfect show for us because we tend to only watch 12 episodes. It is, and you can find it on Crunchyroll, Netflix, Hulu, and Anime Planet. You can basically find it anywhere. Anywhere. It's actually a really popular show. It came out back in 2011, and this one is interesting because it didn't start from a manga. It's a completely original story just that an just anime? started off as an anime. Nice. Yeah. Okay. The director, actually, they were working on other shows, and he was like, you know, I really want to do a magical girl show. And so they were like, okay. And they just kind of let him have free reign, basically. And so he created this show, and this is what happened. We kind of decided to watch this because you've been trying to get me to watch this show for a while because you watch yeah, the movies like on Netflix, right? <laughs> yeah. Wow, has it really been that long? Yeah. It has. So I know you watched the movies that were on Netflix. I think there's three of them. Yes, there um, are. I had watched the show first, and then I watched the movies. And... Oh, so this is a rewatch for you. Yeah. Um, the plot is based on a, a girl who's, what, in junior high? I think so. They're about yeah, junior high age. she seems to be very young. Yeah, her name's uh, Madoka Kaname, and... I guess she has, like, a dream about a girl in a really weird world. The art's the strangest part for me for the witches, I guess. It's kind of different to get used to, but you're yeah. getting ahead of yourself. Sorry. Anyway, well, it's basically not whether she wants to become a magical girl. That's pretty much the whole premise of the show. She and, has to choose whether or not she wants to take on the powers and be a magical girl. Mm-hmm. And that has its pluses and its minuses for right. doing so. And when most people think of magical girls, they think of like Sailor Moon and mm-hmm. they think of Magic Knight's Ray Earth and other things like that where all the characters are all bubbly and happy and, you know, it's a kid's show. Yeah. This is, it's different from that. It's on the darker side. It is. Like when you're watching it, it's slower. A lot and, slower actually. And yeah. just judging by like the environment and the music and stuff like that, it seems almost sad. And so it's like, you, you're kind mm-hmm. of wondering what you're getting yourself into. So Madoka meets a girl she saw in her dreams, kind of like I was referring to earlier. Her name is Homura. She's kind of on the creepy side. She's she very is. dark. Yeah, she's like, she's very blank. She seems to know her. everything. Yeah. She does kind of seem to know her or like she realizes that uh, Madoka has like an essence about her or something that shows that she has the potential to become a magical girl. She's very mysterious. Yeah. But she's also kind of mean. She's very mean. So not only did uh, Madoka see her in her dreams, but then sees her in school like the following day, she ends up walking in like a parking garage or something and she gets trapped in a witch's nest. Well, they were at the mall, remember? Oh, that's right. She and her friend Sayaka were at the mall. And then she ended up hearing a voice in her head. That's right, yeah. And the voice belonged to this little white creature. It looks kind of like a cat mixed with something else. I don't know. Like a rabbit or something. (laughs) Yeah, like a rabbit cat. And, um... You know, quick note, remember those glasses that we have? Mm-hmm. Those are its eyes. The, oh, the white ones with just the red yeah. eyes. We got those from J-List. They're on our banner on our Facebook page and Twitter page. That's cool. Okay, yeah, I can see that now. Like, mm-hmm. like seeing it back in my memory. So it ends up calling out to Madoka. Mm-hmm. And so she goes and runs down there to see what's happening. And her friend also follows in suit. And that's where they see 
Homura trying to kill this alien like cat bunny. And she's like, what are you doing? This thing needs help, you mm-hmm. know? And they end up getting sucked into a witch's nest. And that is all this weird art that Justin was talking about earlier. Very weird. It's like cutouts. It's like, you know, South Park kind of style. What where... is that? That's a, like Pablo Picasso type-esque art. Well, I don't know about that. If you look at his art and how like just jacked up angles are all over the place yeah, and random eyes here that. and there, it's it's basically him yeah. in like animated form. It's very creepy and different looking. I don't because really it care gives for you. It. I mean, it's just trying to show you that it's like a different dimension kind of thing. Yeah, going and I on. get that. I do. I don't care for it. I feel like it could have been done a lot worse. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bother me, but it's kind of jarring to see the juxtaposition between regular animation and this in yes. the same frame. Yeah. So, you would think that maybe since Homura is there, she's the one that's going to save them because she's already a magical girl, but it's not. We end up meeting another magical girl who actually is the one who, like, runs this territory. Right. Her name's Mommy, and she knows what she's doing, apparently. She's been doing it for a while, and she has this really neat power where she just kind of drops guns everywhere, Mm -hmm. and she uses those to fight the witches. I actually really like how she looks. I like her design. Mm Mm-hmm. She looks like an old-timey steampunk hunter. Yeah, Yeah. she looks like a steampunk hunter, and she uses, like, the the one-shot, like, old-school rifles. Yeah, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, they were really creative when they created her. And so this is where we ended up finding out about Madoka and Sayaka, who's her, like, really good friend, being able to take the opportunity to become magical girls because they both have like that essence that power of being chosen to be become one and the little cat bunny thing is the one who can offer them the contract its name is Kyube. Mm-hmm. so he's also kind of like too happy about it in my bit. opinion yeah. like he's like oh but you can do this but you can do this he's you very know, he keeps pushing it forceful yeah like yeah. you should do it oh yeah you should come along just in case we need you to right oh no yeah i mean if you th- you really think you could always sign help. the contract yeah yeah so it's very forced on there it's it's like a lot of pressure and the the way that they can do it by signing this contract they have to they can have any wish that they want but so that's only like one. right but it could be anything like yeah. he can create miracles basically yep in exchange for the magical girl contract they're like well we don't know you know and mm-hmm. so they end up going with mommy to go hunting a few times so they can kind of see what they're getting themselves into yeah and they're okay with it they're like yeah this is neat we could do this whatever but do we want to yeah because their thing is like why are you choosing us we're normal girls who seem to have really good lives compared to others who could really use this wish to help them out right like you find out that mommy's backstory she took it because she was basically gonna die if she didn't yeah so she saved her life to become a magical girl with these two they have their families they're they're well off they're going to school they're really good friends and they're happy so like why are you asking us we technically don't need anything. Exactly. So it's it becomes an internal struggle for them because mm-hmm. they're like, well, what could we wish for that's worth possibly losing our lives? Yeah. Yeah. Just in general, like, is it worth it to help someone else? Why should we give up what we have? Yeah. Like we were saying, they go on these hunts with mommy and... Everything's going fine and dandy. Yeah. You know, and you still have uh, Homura's. She's, she's still around. She's actually getting in fights with mommy because she doesn't want mommy showing them the way of being a magical girl. Yeah. She, she keeps really trying to get them. them to. She's trying to push them away from the magical mm-hmm. girl life and mommy's dragging them in mommy's showing it to them to be like hey like if you really are thinking about it here's what it looks like it's dangerous you have to go fight these witches when you find them mm-hmm. and Homura, like even though she's kind of an 
ass, she's doing it actually for their safety, even if they don't see it that way. Right. Or at first, you're not seeing it that way because maybe you're thinking she just doesn't want the competition. So then you start to wonder mm-hmm. what her end game is. really is, yeah. you know? But anyway, on one of these witch hunts that they go to, Mommy actually dies. Like, she gets her head bitten off by this terrible witch, and she gets eaten, like, right in front of Madoka and Sayaka. You know, and it's because she let herself get too happy. She was sitting here, right. I've been alone doing this, it's very sad work, and she's opening up with Madoka, Madoka's like, I will always be here for you. And you're kind of, like, at this point thinking Madoka's gonna take the wish, yeah. so that her and Mommy could be a team. And so Mommy, I think, going into this battle was too excited. She let her guard down. Yeah. It was all over with. Yep. And they were very scarred by it. Sayaka and Madoka were very upset and they were like, this, this could have our, happened. This is our fault. Yeah. We, we lost a really good friend that we made and all this stuff. Right. What if happened. that had been me? Yeah. What, I should have taken the wish and helped her. And all these terrible, you know, tumultuous thoughts keep occurring into their heads now and now yep. they're just confused way even more than they were before. In the meantime, Sayaka has this, like, crush on this boy. I don't mm-hmm. know why or where he came from. They don't really explain that. Yeah. But she ends up doing, which isn't necessarily a foolish thing, but it is a foolish thing, and mm-hmm. she uses her wish for him. Yes. And she t- makes a magical girl contract. I want to say it's it's got to do something with her or her family or something. Yeah. Like, How does she know him? She has a crush on him. The thing is, this kid was a prodigy on the violin, and mm-hmm. like he got in an accident, like some form of a car accident or something, and his left hand doesn't work, so her wish was to heal have him, him heal. And so he could be a project again, but like she feels sad for some reason. Like maybe her parents are the one who crashed into a car with him in it oh, or something. That's like, a good thought. There's some regret there. Right. More she than feels it is guilty. Just, she knows him and has a crush. There is some guilt there, I think. Yeah, I think you're right now that you mention it. Mm-hmm. I never really thought about that before. But here's where I. It's probably about the only thing I really like about this show. There's a lot of it that I don't. Is the fact that depending on your wish, it determines what kind of extra ability you have. Sayaka, because she chose to heal this guy, has like double regeneration for healing. Which is really cool because, you know, she ended up. She got in a fight with this new girl that came to town to take over for mommy Mm -hmm. and her territory and she's not a very nice person no she really isn't this new magical girl her name's kyoko and they do not get along at all and she gets very selfish yeah sayaka and madoka are going into it or thinking about it like this is just our duty we're here to save these people from these witches so they get in a fight and she ends up being able to stand her ground because she's able to heal yeah but Homura ends up having to come in and save her because Madoka asked her to watch over Sayaka mm-hmm. since Madoka doesn't have any powers and she doesn't know how to protect her anymore. Yep. She's like, well, I guess I can, but no promises, Not by basically. Any means that she want to. Right. And so, like, it really, now you're in a triangle of three magic girls and one other person who's sitting on the outside. And the thing is, the show is about Madoka. She is the main, main character. character. And she has yet to make this decision. And the whole thing is she's supposed to have, like, this, like, abundance of power. And yeah. especially depending on which wish she chooses, she would be stronger than all three. But she doesn't know that. She doesn't. But Kyubei does tell her. Sayaka's in trouble. And this is, where again, where Kyubei's being very pushy, mm-hmm. sitting there telling her, hey, if you want her to not be in this conflict with Kyoko... The only the only person who can stop it's another you. magical girl. Yeah, you take you this You can wish. take this contract right now. Yeah, because you would be stronger than her. And this is Kyubei telling her, you will be stronger. Mm-hmm. So, That's true. So Kyubei knows. Yeah. And she should know. But instead of it doing that way, she gets advice from her mom. 
Her mom is a damn sage. Yeah. Like she she's amazing. Yeah, she she's has really like cool so the far. best advice I've ever heard. Yeah. When they were talking at the kitchen table, like late at night, and she was telling her about how, you know, oh, well, you're young and, you know, you do everything so perfect and you need to learn how to make mistakes before it gets too late. Your friend, she may not get it, but you need to make the mistakes for, for her. her. I was like, oh man, this lady knows what she's talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and at this point, I thought, okay, she's going to take the wish. Right. And become one to be like, you did it, I'm going to do it because I'm going to make my mistake with you. That's not what happened. <laughs> yeah. When you turn into a magical girl, Cuba gives you this soul gem. And it's kind of where your power comes from. Mm -hmm. And every time you use your power, your gem gets a little dirty. And that's why you have to kill witches to use their, like, their grief seeds. Yes. Which is what they leave behind. They're these little dirty gems. And they clean up your gem to make you more powerful again and get your... Like, healthy. They, like, restore you. Madoka goes and she takes Sayaka's soul gem and she throws it off the bridge. Yep. And it turns out that it's way different than any of them thought yeah she thought she killed sayaka because she just passes out on the floor like goes straight limp and they're like oh she's not breathing she's yeah. dead what happened she's not dead though no what ends up happening is your soul is ripped out mm -hmm. from kyubei he takes your soul and he puts it in the gym and it makes sense because mm -hmm. you know he's like human bodies can't endure this so i put your soul here and your your body's just a shell now yeah. that's just what you use to walk around Homura again comes to the save, even though she doesn't like them. Right. She, she goes and gets this soul gem off the truck and brings it back, and she's back. Madoka knows she made the mistake. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how episode six ends. She still hasn't taken the wish in no. six freaking episodes yeah. of 12, by the way, people. 12 <laughs> freaking episodes, six way, and she hasn't done jack. Right. And that's what really bothers me, but I'll get into that in a little bit. With that being said, that the bodies are just a shell and like the soul gem is what keeps them alive, it's like, well, then why did mommy die? Yeah. Is because she was in a witch world. Because if only thing that died was well, no, because you know what? She transformed into her witch, her her magical girl powers. I guess she like absorbs the gem to turn into her magical self. You think maybe? Yeah. Is that what's happening? That might be what happens. Yeah, because that's a very good point. Because if it's just unless her body the witch died, ate. Yeah, unless the soul? witch ate the soul gem, yeah, she should be fine. Should be. But you know, I'd have to look at her costume now because maybe the soul gem is somewhere on her head. And so when the witch ate her head, it might have eaten the soul gem. Well, something, because, like, when they're not in their magical form, like, when they transform, like, they turn their soul gem into their magical self, it goes from being a ring into, like, a locket type thing, and then that's when they turn into, like, their uniform. Yeah. Their, their power suit, I guess. But when they devolve from it, it turns their soul gem back into a ring. So it's kind of like, where does it go when they transform? If you look at Kyoko's... Kyoko's soul gem is like on her chest mm. as like a big necklace. When she transforms? Yeah, when she's in her magical girl uniform. Oh, I didn't notice that. Uniform. Okay. Yeah, it's right there. So maybe it was but, the same kind of thing for mommy. Yeah, I'd have to look. Like I said, I don't think I've ever paid attention to that because yeah. that's a really good thought. Maybe that's what happens with Isaka. The reason why she had it still in that like flask type like charm yeah. form is because she hadn't turned it on yet. yet. She took it from the ring to turn into her magical self but didn't get the chance before Madoka threw it away. That's true. So who knows? Is that something we have to do some more research huh. on? Plot hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, things I find. Well, I like we said, that was the end of episode six, basically. Yeah. So what are you thinking? You said, you know, you were going to get into it. All right, I'm going to finish watching this for science, for the show. We're going to keep <laughs> watching the six episodes, but um, I don't like the show. Why not? It's too slow. The fights aren't really all that great. I don't care for the witch world look. Yeah. When they're outside of that world, cool. I like the way it's drawn. It's pretty cool. 
and the fact that it's taking her six episodes i'm tired of this woe is me do i take this decision do i take this yes or freaking no get over it stop like having this inner turmoil battle over a damn thing like if you want to wish make a wish if not tell the damn cat to go away and live your life Like, it's bothering me that right. she hasn't done anything in six episodes. Yeah, and she is coming across as very whiny very. during this whole thing. Because she's like, I don't Sailor want you Moon to fight, level. but I'm not going to do anything about it. Yes, it is Sailor Moon level whiny. Mm, I don't know about that. Okay. <laughs> Sailor Moon whiny is very vocal and, like, sound effect-y. But, like, Madoka's just very, like, she's whiny and just, like, sadness and mopey. I do agree that I wish she would hurry up and make a decision already. Maybe this is why the show didn't get past 12 episodes. But it also has three movies. Who cares? Two of them are review, <laughs> and one is an expansion on it. That's true. It's not like it continued for another season. Probably because this person didn't have the creative mindset to be like, she accepts it at episode three and turned it into something that probably would have been really fun had she just become a magical girl right well, away. But I mean, maybe that's not the point. And I don't care for it. Well, I guess you'll just have to watch the next six episodes and see what happens. I guess so. Let me ask you, what do you think is up with Homura? I have two different things about it. For one, I think she knows that Madoka is going to be like powerful and she doesn't want to have someone out there who could be stronger than her because I think she herself is really strong. And so, I mean, so I think she's had a lot of tragedy in her life, which is what makes her the way she is. And she knows the kind of life it is being a magical girl. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think she's really powerful in that she doesn't clean her soul gem as often as she should. Because just how dark and how fine of a line of darkness she seems to be on, I feel like if she doesn't clean her soul gem at all, she's going to turn into possibly like a really strong witch or something. I feel like if that's your soul and your soul is dark, you're going to be dark yourself. That's an interesting thought. See, I won't tell you what I think because I already know, so I'm not going to get into that. Does it explain it? You get a full explanation. In fact, the three movies, like Justin was saying, the first two are a recap of the series, and the third movie is from the perspective of Homura. So, if you were to watch the six or twelve episodes of the anime, Mm -hmm. and then just watch the third movie, it makes sense? Yes. Or do you need to watch the movies to kind of get a little bit more from that? Nope. You really don't need to. Got it. What are your thoughts, now that you're rewatching it? Rewatching it, I actually see a lot more stuff that I missed the first time I was watching it. But I will say that the first time I watched it, I was on the same page as you, where I thought that it was really slow, and mm-hmm. I was like, can she just make up her mind already? Yes. <laughs> it, it, it's the same thing with, like, Sailor Moon. Didn't want to make her damn mind. Sailor Moon, she made up her mind, like, in the first two or three episodes. I don't think it was, I think it was longer than that. She She transformed into Sailor Moon, like, on the first episode. Luna gave her the the locket and she That's right, did but it she still whined about doing it. Yes. She had to grow into accepting they her need to role stop using as a magical junior girl. high girls to do these damn things because they're too <laughs> freaking whiny. But I think that's just so that way they can relate to it they and show that like, they're strong. Like Sailor Jupiter? Yeah. She was just a badass out the gate. She was! That's why I love her. That's why she's my favorite. That's my point. Like, you, you own that! But not everybody's like that. I don't care. So many people are like Madoka, where they're like, well, mm. I don't know, though. What if I did this and it all came out wrong? Just, and why do these people wish for things that... Oh, I'm going to heal that guy's hand. Let me give you two words. Go. Junior high. Ugh. <laughs> done with the show. Junior I'm not going to watch the next six episodes. We're going to come into it next week. I'm going to tell you guys, don't. I really, really hope it gets better. Because if not, I'm going to be very disappointed that I wasted 12 episodes on the show. Well, you know, you can't like every anime that we review. That's either. true, and I didn't really care for Erased either, but it was better than this. Snap. Let's let's go ahead and get away from this negativity of this show right now and uh, switch over to some tech that we have to talk about. 
So Japan has a tech company called Alps Electric Co. LTD. They have developed a mouse that can test your stress levels. Some people have stressful jobs. People, You know who would probably get the most... Well, I mean, a lot of people would get mm-hmm. a lot of good use out of this. Yeah. But emergency dispatchers yep. and people like that would be yep. extremely useful. Because the then is, you could tell when you need to take a break. Yeah, but will your bosses take advantage of it and be like, I've seen how much stress you're going through. Take some days off to if potentially get someone fired. Good comp- Oh, yeah. Like, it seems that you can't handle this because you're too stressed out. You yeah. can't work here. I feel like that's somewhere that a lot of companies here in America would do with yes. it. This would be weeding out the weak. I agree. But it would also show people what could be done better. Or you could use it to find patterns in bosses. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, every time they talk to this person. or this every person time they really do, stresses out. Or every time they do this particular sort of task, yep. you know, they get all this stress or whatever. So, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing. It just, like you said, it depends on how, if they're going to use it for good or not. <laughs> good or evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, the way the mouse works, it's equipped with a vital sensor and an environmental sensor. The mouse comes with a wearable near-infrared spectroscope sensor to kind of like tell, like, is your hand getting hotter and like the blood count, and then it kind of gives you a readout. They're supposed to complete the development of this sensor in 2016. Oh, this year. Sometime this year. And ship samples next year in the spring. I think it's a really cool idea. I think it's a cool idea. I think it could be fine-tuned. And I think when they do decide to release it, they really kind of need to ship it with the goals in mind. Like, what is the purpose of this mouse? Right. Because a lot of people are going to take advantage, like you said, Mm -hmm. and be like, oh, well, it seems like you can't handle this, so uh, bye. Or, oh man, I'm super stressed for these two days. I need to take a worker's comp medical leave because of this and this and this. And it's causing me to have heart issues or mental issues or something. It can, it's a two-way street and it can... It is. It can, just depends on your company. Yeah. And I, I imagine if it stays in Japan, it'd be used for what it's supposed to be used for in Japan. But here, well, I don't know. Right. I would hope that the companies that do get it use it for good. I think mostly it just opens up the door for other things that we could use yes. in that way. Yep just to measure the well-being of people. Law enforcement could wear it, or firefighters and stuff could wear mm-hmm. technology similar to this. So that way, if they were in a traumatic thing, people could get their readings on that and help them afterwards. Yeah. You know what I mean? That would actually be a good use for it. You know, speaking of checking up on people, catching up with people, um, I haven't touched my Mitomo since we've talked about it in the last episode. No, I haven't either. I think I've pretty much given up on Mitomo. So I haven't caught up with anybody. Not no, in I like haven't three either. Weeks. Like, see, this is what I was talking about in the last episode. We were like, yeah, Mitomo's great, but I don't see sustaining it. No. And I haven't. Like, it, it, it's done. <laughs> it took too much effort to make sure you read questions and answered questions that there's a lot of individual feedback. Like, yeah. it's not just like Facebook where I could post a post and everybody in my friends could see that. In Mitomo, to see all of these people's things, it's you individual, get bombarded with questions. questions and answers and having to like it and respond back. And it was a really great idea. And I definitely think for a lot of people who really want to put the time and effort into that app, really are going to enjoy it. Right. But I think for- younger people would probably, younger people and people who don't have jobs that take up a lot of time. Yeah. Then sure. If you, you have know. time where you can pop on your phone every now and again throughout your day, I'm almost getting ready to get rid of Twitter or like Facebook because I just don't have the time in the day. I wake up, I literally go to work and I come home and go to sleep. I don't have time to check social media anymore. So right. it's really Which hard to crazy. even do that with Mitomo. Yeah, like we're not allowed to have our phones at work. Yeah. So 
four days out of the week, we're basically out of the zone. The only things that I make sure to check are the shows, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, because those are the important things. Yep. I don't really don't do anything with my personal stuff anymore, because exactly. I just can't. There's not enough time in the day, and I'm not trying to wake up in the couple hours I do have a free time before work. I'm going to spend it trying to catch up on 12 hours of posts. Right. It's just not worth it. It's crazy, and I think that's the, the sad part of Mitomo. Yeah, like, exactly. It's you have to put much. in effort. A lot of Yeah, effort. and you really shouldn't have to. No, because like you have to earn coins to buy outfits and photos and games and there's just there's so much. It's a really cool idea for people who have time. I'll probably keep it just for the photo aspect of it. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah. It's it'll be like it. a very, very once in a while thing. Also, speaking of another game that you're kind of hooked on right now, since you're not playing Mitomo, is Sailor Moon Drops. I've yeah. played nothing like every day. I do. Sailor Moon Drops is actually still fun. It's not as convoluted as we were saying it was in the last episode, because mm-hmm. we didn't know back then, but it's actually really easy to move forward through the gates and stuff like that, because yeah. you do need friends, but not always, because there are levels, if you complete them with a certain point mm-hmm. level then you get to unlock different items, and mostly they're keys. Yeah. So you get the three keys, you can move forward. You know, and from what you are telling me, too, you don't. it's not like you need to have Facebook friends who you know. You can just get anybody who's a friend, yes. and they can give you a key. The game actually suge- it gives you, like, eight suggestions or ten suggestions mm-hmm. of just random people who also are playing that you can send friend requests to. Yeah. So it's like you don't have to actually know anybody. They just kind of do it automatically. Which is really helpful for a game like this where you need to get through gates every now and again. You know, they send you hearts, you send them hearts every day, you can add more people, and you don't have to actually interact with them. It's kind of nice. Like, I really really don't mind it at all. Like, I send friend requests to people all the time. And if you ever see us, or if you play Sailor Moondrops and you see our name, because our login is SuperSugoyCast, send us a screenshot or something, because that would be kind of cool. What level are you now? I am at level 74. Oh, jeez, that's like 50 levels higher than you were last time. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. But they only have up until level 105 right now. Oh, that's it? Yeah, because it's so new. It only came out when we announced it last time. So they'll be adding and adding, I'm sure. And right now, as far as I know, they only have the inner senshi, sorry, the five like original scouts, but they'll probably add in the outer ones too and maybe some bad characters. I don't know. Who knows? Something. But it'll be really neat. I can see them expanding, you know, and Mm. I would probably still play because it's not as complicated as Candy Crush was. Yeah. I mentioned in our last episode that we were eventually going to give you guys at least a, a review of Dark Souls 3. We got it! We did get it, and it's kicking my ass. It is, but it's totally worth it. Oh yeah, it's really worth it. It's such a beautiful game. I just, I stare at all of the elements Mm -hmm. that are going around in all the scenes and everything. Like, there, for instance, there are these trees. They're like trees, but they're not really trees. They're like skeletons of, of like, some of the people that are praying and stuff like that. But they're, like, super high up as if they were trees. And they're, like, like, petrified and stuff. It's really cool. Yeah. The whole entire art and the way this game looks is, it's really beautiful. It's dark, but very beautiful. And I thought Bloodborne looked really great. And this game is on par, if not better in my mind. And it's nice because it's completely different it's a different mm-hmm. world different environment yep. different everything different so. a lot of different aspects and that's where i think i'm having the hardest time with bloodborne is very combat go 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 yeah it rewards you for being aggressive you get hit and you hit back you get that life back or at least some portion of it and there's a lot of vials that drop for health not so much for dark souls <laughs> yeah dark souls is a lot more challenging very so were the old games it's not meant as a fun game it's meant as a challenge basically 
I've played, I think, a total of five hours, and I have not gotten that far. I don't think I've gotten to the first <laughs> actual major boss yet. I was going to say, you haven't even gotten to the first boss. I finally just got to the first, like, gate where you open up one of those locked doors so you can take a shortcut to get to one of the farther points in the first, like, area. Yeah. Because, still in Lothric. Yeah, so... that helps. It's crazy because you have to fight these different people. Some of them are really quick couple hits. Some of them are really heavily hitters with giant axes. And there's ones with shields. Like, everything's got a different type of fighting style. And on that note, I find it amazing the AI in the game. It's crazy. It's fantastic. Really good. It's like you're playing against another player. I don't know what they did. But they engineered some really good AI in here. That they'll like read your moves after a while, and they'll change mm-hmm. up what they're doing. And sometimes they'll like keep a move hidden you for a think, while, and yeah. then they'll use it when you don't even think they have that move. You think you figured out their <laughs> attack pattern, so you after your several runs run throughs, you're like, all right, I got this guy figured out. It's yeah. quick and easy to get through them. Sometimes it really is, and then there's times when you go back over there and you're like, when the hell did this like spin dash thing come from? And yeah. you're dead. So far, the hardest people in my mind are, like, the giant shield, like, spear-wielder people. I never do good with shield people. Like, I'm just, I'm not, I don't like having to dodge and having to roll around enemies and Mm -hmm. things like that. I like to be able to just go up and smack people in the face. Yeah, and that's something I didn't even notice. So, unlike Bloodborne, you can carry as much as you wanted and you refine. But, like, here, I didn't even realize it, but I was holding, like, three weapons and two shields because I was like, oh, that's a really cool feature. Like, if I want to switch it from an axe to a spear to a sword for different, different scenarios of fighting, awesome. I can carry all of that. Not realizing that it actually had a weight limit on you. Right. And I started noticing that my rolls were a lot more sluggish than they were in the very beginning. Having all that extra gear on me was weighing me down. Yeah. And as soon as I took all of it off and then started rolling around, I'm so much faster. It's a really cool mechanic. It is. It's something that you don't necessarily think of. No. Because in most games, it's just you have a weight limit and that's the end of it. You yeah. can only carry, you know, How 70 pounds or whatever. Mm-hmm. But with this, yeah, it actually makes a difference to your mechanics, to your movements, and it's really cool. It really is. And I'm not used to playing a game that has that much in-depthness to it. So I can completely understand, like, while there is cloth armor for certain people and, like, heavy like plate for others if you're going to become a walking tank you're not yeah. going to be able to roll around you're going to feel it <laughs> yeah so it's it's a really cool feature and i'm really enjoying the game so far i know a couple other people who are playing it i know one person's already beaten it and he's already on new game the people for me that they like beat it in a weekend and now they're on new game plus or they're mm-hmm. doing speed runs or whatever it's like that's not fun no because you're just flying through the game yeah you're really getting all the the, the features out of it I'm the kind of person that likes to do every little thing. Yeah. Find every little trinket, exactly. go through all the doors and get all the lore and stuff like yeah. that, you know? And to me, I like playing this, like I'd like playing Bloodborne because I don't just play it for me, I play it for us and I get to, it, it, to me it's fun to play with everyone here because we're all exploring it together and watching yeah. it together and it's a really fun experience as a group. Aww. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all sappy. If I get through a few more bosses, I'll give you guys like an extra update, but I wouldn't expect anything as in-depth as this episode. Moving on from Dark Souls, since I think that's the end of that, Yeah. Um, we have a little teensy smidgen of news from the Nintendo NX. Mm-hmm. So we have a release date that was announced. Finally. Um, yeah, finally. So it'll be sometime in March of next year, 2017, and that's the global release date for everything. And that's not even that far away. Like, yes, it's a year away from about a month ago, but... Yeah, but it's a year. No, sorry, two know. months ago. Holy crap, it's in, it's May. It is May. Wow. 
Happy May, everybody. Jeez. Happy May. Yeah, okay. So, ten months. Ten months. Less than a year away, we should have a new console from Nintendo. We Hopefully should. Hopefully not titled NX. They still... <laughs> there's no details on this console. No, they're they, doing a very good job. Yeah, they're keeping it pretty secret. We'll see what ends up happening. But we do have... A hint, technically, mm-hmm. I guess. So they've said that it's not merely the successor to the handheld 3DS or the stationary Wii U. This will be hardware that's been made with a new way of thinking. Now, that's not really a hint because that's also kind of the same thing we were talking about back in like our very first Fishing. episode of the podcast. And, you know, yep. I'm talking about Ghost in the Shell and whatever. Yeah. We were like, I bet it's going to be a VR thing. So I'm still on that track. I think yeah. it's going to be something that Some has to do with... Some kind of VR, whatever. Right. But I will tell you this, because of all this like hiddenness, I'm really intrigued into this console. And unless it comes out and it's just something that sounds horrible when they finally do release the details, I'm probably going to get it. I don't know. See, I've kind of, I hate to say it, but I've kind of lost a little bit of faith in Nintendo. That's why I'm saying, like, unless it's just something that severely disappoints my, like, thinking. Like, I enjoyed the Wii. Don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed it. I just feel like they lacked the games to go with the Wii. They did. And on that note, actually, they're not going to release it for the holidays because they want to make sure that there are games to go with Mm -hmm. the console. So that's why they're waiting until March. But for me, Nintendo's kind of failed when it comes to consoles. It seems like like they've got the monopoly on handheld systems, yes, and that's fine. So they need to do whatever magic they're doing with that and take it back to the consoles mm-hmm. or have something in between. That's yeah. why I'm thinking it's going to be something VR-related because it's technically not a console, Yeah, but I don't know. You we'll know? see. Yeah, we'll see. If you're hoping for any news at the upcoming E3, you're not going to get any. Nintendo says that they're not going to say anything about it. Surprise, surprise. Because they're focusing on the new Zelda game, which is not a new Zelda game because it was supposed to come out last year on the Wii U, and that was delayed. But they have a new schedule for that for 2017, and it's supposed to come out for the Wii U and the NX. So Hmm. they have to figure out a way to engineer it for both consoles They're reformatting it now. But on the Nintendo track, Nintendo is teaming up with Vans to come out with a pretty cool shoe line. They really, they look really cool. I'm when I found this, I got really excited. Yep. There's gonna be 13 different pairs in this mashup, and they're coming out in June, so just one month from now. They seem exclusive to a German online store called 43 Einhalb, but they do have worldwide shipping, and I'm buying a pair because I'm need a pair. They, they look really cool. They have Whoa. a huge variety of shoes. We should rephrase that, by the way. What? We're going to attempt to buy a pair. <laughs> if I if I am able to get a pair, I will have a pair. And I'm going to get a high top pair. I'm going to get low tops. They're going to have two different high tops, seven different low tops, three slip-ons, and one pair of flip-flops. I might go for the slip-ons. I don't know. I might get two pairs. You might get two pairs. There are two pairs I really do like. We don't know anything about prices yet. Nope. But 300 bucks. When we get more info, we'll post some more on our Facebook or something like that. You know... Thinking about this, by the way, yeah. the last few Nintendo consoles that have come out have been very disappointing. The Wii, the Wii U, Nintendo 3DS is about the only savior for this console, right? Which is Nothing. a handheld. The N64 is probably going to be like the last greatest thing about the Nintendo. <laughs> it kind of has I, been. I, I wasn't a fan of the GameCube, didn't own one. I had a GameCube. But I hear like it was okay, but mine was always N64 and, and the generations before that. Mm-hmm. And yet we're here willing to probably spend a couple hundred dollars on some shoes for Nintendo. That's very true. I think it's, it's the, nostalgia. the nostalgia. Yeah, it has to be. Because we grew up with it. That's yeah. like our childhood like the, system. It's, it's all about that Mario and the Zelda. Not even the new ones, but the old ones that hold that like 
It's funny you say that because the pair of shoes that I'm that I want to buy, the high tops, they mm-hmm. actually have the old NES controllers on them. Yeah, I think like, I was gonna go for Yoshi's. Yeah, because I love Yoshi. And so it's like, why would I be going for a pair of shoes that has NES controllers? That's that's so like 30 years ago. Well, and then <laughs> the fact that I bought you your old phone case was an NES controller. It was from back in the day. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's just yeah. the way it is. I guess if that's one thing about Nintendo, they're good at holding on to nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, for our generation, and I, yeah. mean, I think anything like GameCube forward, really, they don't know the greatness that was Nintendo. It's eh. kind of sad. Yeah. Sticking with kind of clothing, we're going to actually switch to like swimsuits. But we're going to go back in a way. And back in a way to go with the anime Yeah. that we were talking about. Madoka Magica has swimsuits out right now. They do, and I don't like them. No, they're not great. No, they don't look like swimsuits, and that's kind of the point. They're not supposed, they're not supposed to look to. like they're swimsuits. They're supposed to be like an all-day thing. Yeah, they look like flowy shirts and like pantaloons, kind yeah, of in a way. Kind of. But they also have like a bikini bottom you can switch into. Mm-mm, you don't switch into it. They just wear them underneath. Well, whatever. So it's, you it's, can it's, take it's, off the pantaloons. They're meant to be a three-piece. <laughs> so the whole point is so that you can go to the beach and not have to sit there in a bikini or just a one-piece all-day, kind of, like, very exposed. Yeah. They want you to be able to go to the beach, feel comfortable with your shirt and your shorts on, and then when you do want to go to the water, you can at least take the shorts off and then go into the water, come back out, and re-hide. I mean, that's very true. It is casual, and they try to keep it casual and yeah, comfortable. exactly. So, like, I don't mind that. I just, I wish that they were more, they looked more like the show. Yeah. I guess it's just my whole thing. Anime fashion brand Super Groupies teamed up with designers from MIIA to produce the bathing suits, but right now they're only featuring two characters. Madoka, hers is an all pink, and then the second main character is Homura, and hers is like a dark blue top with like a light purple bottom. That's the thing that I really don't like about Homura's is that it's two completely different colors. The top and the bikini bottom matches in darkness, but for whatever right. reason, the shorts are like a really light purple versus yeah. the dark blue. It's like, what's happening It here? didn't match. It didn't match. <laughs> Maybe she's trying to show that she has a lighter side. Maybe. Who knows? But they're really expensive, too. They are. Um, probably because they're designer anime bathing suits from they're Japan. They're three pieces. And they're three pieces. So they actually they run about $140. Not only do they have bathing suits, but they've also, from the same company, they came out with underwear sets. It's more like lingerie. Mm-hmm. But they actually have them for not only Madoka and Homura, but they have one for Mommy, too. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be two more for the other characters. They're going to make one for Sayaka and make one for Kyoko. And they're going to be doing the same thing for the bathing suits as well. Oh, Eventually, that's cool. they're planning on having all five. I actually, as far as the underwear goes, Mommy's is very nice because oh. it looks more like her outfit okay. that she wears. So it's like yellow and it's kind of got that like brown houndstooth kind of looking mm-hmm. piece to go with it. Okay. So hers is a lot more interesting looking and that's kind of what I was hoping for with all of the other stuff. Yeah. But the other stuff just looks... Like, if I saw it, I wouldn't think Madoka Magica. No, I, would I wouldn't either. I would think it's clothes. Yeah. <laughs> and again, kind of sticking with, like, crazy expensive clothing type things. So Japan's pretty well known for really nice backpacks for their kids yeah. when they go to school. In all the animes, all the kids have backpacks. And hey. they're always the same backpack. They're, like, really nice leather backpacks. They're supposed to last your kid from, like, first to sixth grade at the least. For one backpack. And then obviously you buy other ones as they get older. You get briefcases and yeah, all that kind exactly. of thing when they get to high school and college. I bring this up for just a couple different reasons. For one, there's some really cool designs that we're going to talk about here in a second. But the average U.S. backpack costs about $40. And you usually are done with that in about a year. Right. Just, they don't last very they long. They don't last at all. 
In Japan, the low end is eighty dollars, and they range up to a thousand dollars. They they can go even higher than a thousand dollars if you get the designer ones. We were Some looking at really one ones. that was like twelve hundred bucks, and yeah. we were like, "Holy crap!" So the base is like an eighty dollar one, and in back in the day in Japan, it was very much only a red and black. As the years started kind of progressing, people want to eat more and more designery, and now they have $1,200 backpacks. Like, There's some with, like, studs all over them. Mm-hmm. There's some with really neat designs made out of different materials. Yeah, like one's got, like, the, the question box from Mario. Um, they teamed up with Nike Puma. for a backpack. and The one that was, uh, I think, $1,200 was, like, a super bedazzled one. <laughs> it wasn't bedazzled. It had spikes and studs on it. Don't matter. It's bedazzled. <laughs> crazy expensive backpacks but still really cool and i like that japan's funny like expressing itself in other ways yeah it is nice to see that even if it is just school backpacks but they're getting out of being so conformed yeah and i mean i guess if it lasts for at least five six years you break that down and how much it really costs it's still like 200 dollars a month a year on backpacks but, but you have really to cool. also think about how much wear and tear goes through those backpacks, though. Yeah. When kids are at school, like, all day long, you know, from regular school to cram school to after school activities and, you know, like, clubs and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Those backpacks need to last. They really do. I just don't think I would drop $1,000 on a backpack for my kid. Well, no. I think not, those are not... more meant for people who are willing to spend that on, like, a backpack. Right. Yeah. If, if we, like, had a ton of money and we wanted to get them, like, the best backpack, yeah, yeah. we would get them a $1,000 backpack. But yeah. No. <laughs> so the next topic we're going to bring up, it, it just kind of happened to be passing during the time of this episode's recording. And it kind of happens to go hand in hand with school. Yes. And that kind of thing. Is Golden Week in Japan. It's from April 29th to May 5th. And it's just basically a week-long vacation mm-hmm. from everything school gets shut down you know how we have like winter break and spring break Break and and stuff like that yeah yeah, not necessarily summer but just those breaks that come in between Mm -hmm. that's basically what golden week is like exactly it's like it's golden week because it's magical it's like the the number the best time of the year and you know it's amazing so that you go and spend all your money and you know do Mm -hmm. all these amazing things to just get a break and japan's not really well known for time off no they're a very hard-working country so having a whole entire like week off is kind of unheard of it is it's the longest vacation period of the year Mm -hmm. basically they also get almost a week off for like oban and i think one other but i can't remember what that is exactly these are huge because they're giving people time off and everybody goes and travels during this period yep so it's during springtime so sometimes you get the cherry blossoms at this time a lot of people go travel overseas like you get a lot of um visitors and tourists in san francisco and in hawaii and new york and stuff like that just don't go to japan (laughs) yeah don't during this time yeah this if you want to travel to japan you stay away during golden week because that is the most crowded time of the year in japan seen some pictures and it's insane like when you see the videos of people trying to scare you away from japan and like how crowded it is and there's like mobs on the street and you can't Mm -hmm. walk like the shibuya crossing yeah that's like golden that's golden week for sure because when we went there for like three weeks it was not that bad it was not it was crowded but no more crowded than la or san francisco But the thing, too, that I found when we were in Japan, yes, it's crowded, but people still gave you space. Oh, yeah. Like, you're walking down the street with, like, 50 people, but... I never felt crowded. Yeah, you never felt crowded. You had your bubbles. It's because of the organization and how they do it. Yes. Everybody knows that one way is one way, the other way is the other. No one ever really crossed 
and people got out of the way if they were going to stop and like talk or whatever for a few minutes they yep. didn't just like take up the entire sidewalk and yeah you know what i mean now i imagine during golden week it's probably going to be a little bit more crowded because yes. everyone's out and about but oh i'm sure it's it's definitely not that bad the rest of the year yeah so now you know Japan does celebrate holidays. They, <laughs> Just they do. don't go from April 29th to May 5th. Yes. That is probably the one time you want to avoid traveling to a really cool, awesome country. Unless you want to get those crazy pictures of yeah. like 100 people on the sidewalk at once. I have something really random since we're talking about Japan. Okay. Meanwhile, in Japan. Meanwhile. So a new band has emerged in the depths of Japanese music. <laughs> is it crazier than baby metal? It's a cat band. Um, oh, yeah, that's definitely crazier. <laughs> okay, well, it, it, not only is it a cat band, but... So their, their name is Shinyan, and they're actually a copycat group. Oh, play on words. That is based on a Japanese K-pop group. Huh. So the actual Japanese K-pop group is called Shinyi, you know, idol band, boy band group. For some reason, this cat group, Shinyan, popped up on Universal Music Japan's YouTube channel on their actual legitimate YouTube page. And it's a 15 second clip, and they're going to have an actual debut. There's going to be promotions and stuff with this cat band, and they have a song and everything. And the song is based on the real song by the Shinyi group. Meow, 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 well, meow, it's meow, kind meow. of funny because when you watch the 15 second teaser for it, there is random meows in the music. <laughs> really? That's funny that you like the music video has random meows through it because there's also the Rock app that just recently came out. Um, Dwayne the Rock Johnson came out with like a motivational alarm clock to wake you up, and it's got a bunch of him saying stuff and singing stuff, and one of them is like a cat mix, and it's literally just a cat like beat with meows. <laughs> it's pretty really? good actually. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty funny. They should team up together. Are we able to find this on our YouTube, or would we have yeah. to like do like some random link to a Japanese one? No, it's on YouTube. You just type in Shinyan, and you'll find it. I'm going to have to check this out after we get off the podcast <laughs> and see the glory of this cat band. The video is not all that exciting, no. but the fact that they have a copycat cat group idol band thing coming out, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, what are you thinking? It's one of those things. Just one of those things. Yep. Japan. Japan. Oh, Japan. Oh, Japan. <laughs> Maybe they'll go on a tour. Maybe they can open up. At cat cafes. Yes, they could tour cat cafes. That is such a good idea. Oh, man, Japan. You cat cafe, cat band, J-pop, K-pop thing. Yeah. It should happen. It should. I completely agree. That about wraps it up for this week's episode of Super Sugoi Cast. Make sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and now YouTube. We have our third video up. Or is it the fourth video? It's our fourth video. It's our fourth video. It is. At Super Sugoi Cast is where you can find us on all of those things. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Music. We're in the podcast section now. Yep, and I think we're trying to get onto Spotify soon, too. We are, yes. So we'll post notes, notifications when that happens. Yep, and notifications would be the word for that one. Yeah. Yeah. So the more, the better. More, more the better. More things for you guys to listen to us on. Um, make sure if you guys have any questions or comments or concerns as well, to send us a message at supersugoycast at gmail.com. Also, check out our shirts and other things at notlg.spreadshirt.com. We've bought things, and they're mm-hmm. great. They so. are. They're, so far, we've washed them a good few times. They're still holding up. They're not shrinking, stretching, fading. None of it is actually pretty good. Yeah, it's they're good really shirt. comfy. So yeah. if you want a shirt, that would be fantastic. Um, make sure to <laughs> check out our host site, Night of the Living Geeks, at notlg.com. They keep adding new and exciting podcasts. I think 
in the last few months, we've added at least another three podcasts on there. That is very true. There's a little bit of everything for everyone, so yep. check it out. Also, thank you to Alex Barroza for our music. We'll put his link down at the bottom so you guys can see more of his stuff. Bye! Bye. <laughs>